0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe and you're listening to Nate and the fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
3: The Buffalo Bills' Super Bowl hopes get squashed by the Chiefs tonight in Arrowhead as the Bills lose 38-24. to Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, and we are going to discuss the Bills' loss at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and we're going to go over our thoughts on this loss in the AFC Championship we're going to give out some stats of the game. Our sweet Sassy Malassi plays the game. Our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, with some help from our followers on Twitter. And we're also going to give away uh, our weekly podcast giveaway. We're giving away three separate jerseys to this, so stay tuned for that. Also, if we have time, I'm going to go into some uh, some funny stories uh, about me getting just absolutely destroyed on Twitter, and uh, and then we also have a have a pick me up story about um you know the lady that was wearing the uh, third and Cole hoodie on twitter or uh, on on primetime tv last uh week so we found her and I'm going to tell you a quick story about that but first I'm joined by my co-host John and Mike and fellas the game the afc championship game started out this way for the bills on their first possession they got a field goal and then the chiefs and on the chiefs first offensive possession the bills defense forced a three and out which was great. Then there was a muff punt by the Chiefs, which gave the Bills the ball at the three yard line, and Allen threw a touchdown pass to Knox, go up nine to nothing with a brass missed extra point. Well, whatever. So you're thinking to yourself like, this is a good start. If you're a Bills fan, you're thinking this is a great start. <laughs> well, uh, that was about it because here's how the rest of the series went for the Chiefs offensively: touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. End of half. Field goal. Touchdown. Touchdown. End of fourth quarter. <laughs> so the Bills' defense literally did not stop. I mean the the end of the the end of the halves had more stops than the Bills' defense did uh, the rest of the game. Actually, altogether, because the Bills only had that one forced punt. So um, it was it was a rough game to watch. We're gonna have some fun on this podcast episode. This is gonna be a fun cathartic uh enjoyable episode that we're just gonna have to have some laughs about because I thought in general the Bills had a great season, they had a good postseason, and uh I was hoping I thought they had a chance, they definitely had a chance uh going into this week and, and it just didn't get there. But but John, I'll start off with you. Uh you know, how did you think the game went? Did it go according to your expectations and, and how are you feeling right now?
1: That's that's a lot of questions. So soon after the game, um, I I expected more. <laughs> I expected a win. Um, you know, you know. I, I yeah, I get a great season, everything, but I really expected this to be a win. Um, the you know the Chiefs scored at will. Um, I, there were a couple of times there where the Bills settled for field goals, um, but. You know, it's fourth and short within the 10-yard line. And they went for field goals, and the Chiefs can, you know, they're just going to keep scoring. So didn't understand those play calls. Um, but, uh, yeah, I
3: – How are you doing emotionally? I, you sound you sound pretty down. I
1: might, I might need a few days.
3: Are you calling in sick tomorrow? No. <laughs> You'll just be depressed. You'll just depress all your coworkers tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> John, what's wrong? Never mind.
1: (laughs) All you got to see is the big Bills flag on the top of the cube. (laughs) to see what's
3: wrong. (laughs) So, Mike, uh, obviously the game disappointing as it was. um, You had to be disappointed like John was with the way it went down altogether, offensively, defensively. I mean, coaching-wise, they just – The Bills got beat on every single phase of the game, minus that muffed punt by the Chiefs. I mean, the Bills were pretty terrible tonight. I mean, would you agree?
2: Yeah, what struck me, I think there's a lot to unpack in this game, but I think what really struck me is the inability to adjust by the coaching staff. Um, It seemed like they were just, until there was a minute left in the third quarter, that's maybe when you started to see some chips on Kelsey or the Bills throwing the ball down the field a little bit. And the, the game was not out of reach in the fourth, and they just had no sense of urgency.
3: Yeah, it would have been nice if they decided to try to cover Travis Kelsey at any given point <laughs> during the game instead of someone just always. It seemed like he was open on every single play. Like every if we if the Bills had a tight end like that that, that was open all the time, that was or if they designed plays where a tight end was open like Travis Kelsey, I mean the Bills would have been sixteen and zero this year <laughs> with the way that they would played. Yeah.
2: But even listening to Romo every play saying that they should have a defensive lineman
3: chip him, not just let him run freeman. Huh. Why don't we try that? Anything. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even attempt to adjust, it didn't seem like. Maybe they put Tradavius White on Travis Kelsey. I saw it towards the end, but it's like, well now it's too late. The guy's already got over a hundred yards and a touchdown or two at this point. It, yeah. Yeah, the lack of halftime adjustments was crushing uh they couldn't stop Tyreek Hill tonight that was bad Patrick Mahomes uh pretty much did I mean you couldn't tell he had turf toe I couldn't tell because he was fine he was evading defenders the Bills the Bills pass rush was almost non-existent tonight um especially for having the most highest paid defensive line in the the NFL um that was disappointing because they were commenting you know you know, the chiefs are dropping seven in coverage and they're just rushing forward. And I'm like, well, they're getting to Allen like every time he has no time to throw the ball and Allen. Let's talk about Josh Allen. He, he did not have a good game. He had a game similar to last week where it was, um, very sub average compared to how he played a lot of this season. Um, I was kind of hoping with all these playoff games and primetime games that the lights wouldn't be too big for him. I think that they were a little bit, um, and we just didn't see as good decision making with the ball. He took way too many sacks, like deep sacks, like, like 10, 15 yard sacks where he tried like, Hey, it's cool to try to stiff arm a defensive lineman, but, um, it's not going to work and work all the time. In fact, it's going to work very rarely. And he kept trying to do it. And, uh, the bills all of a sudden went from like second and seven to like third and 23. Right. So. Uh-huh. But the, the offensive line was just so porous, and I thought that was
2: a little unexpected. It seemed like Allen thought it was unexpected because he, throughout the season, has shown great escapability getting away from one guy, but you can't get away from two when they're coming to either side, and it just, he w- as he was fighting the one guy, he wasn't expecting the guy to come from the backside, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's what happened time and time again.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the Bills definitely need some offensive line help to help protect Allen in, in, in the case like this. And it definitely got a little chippy at the end between the offensive lineman and the, for the Bills and the defensive lineman. There was a lot of, uh, there was that play. Let's talk about that play real quick. Cause I know that that was, you know, that's fresh in Bills players minds or Bills fans minds. Um, where, uh, Josh Allen tried to evade a defender and tried to stiff arm. I think it was Chris Jones, uh, the defensive tackle. And, uh, you know, luckily the referees to their credit, Blew the whistle, blew the play dead because they knew that this is only going to end up in Josh Allen potentially getting hurt because he stopped momentum. He's not going any. He's not going to shake this defender, (laughs) this 300 pound defensive lineman. And then the other defensive, uh, lineman, you know, Okafor comes over and he tackles Josh Allen late. What felt like late because they blown the whistle. They'd blown the play dead and, uh, Josh Allen throws the ball at Okafor. And Okafor stands over Josh Allen and then John Feliciano comes over and levels him. Deion Dawkins gets a shove. There's shoving back and forth. I, you know, I got to be honest. I was kind of happy to see a Bills player in general just stick up for their quarterback. I feel like in years past, guys, people, they, so many liberties, liberties get taken on Bills players. I think about like that, that Gronk hit on Tradavius White a few years ago when he was defenseless and causing a concussion and nobody did anything. Nobody cared um this it felt it felt i mean did you guys think that that was a, a dirty play by the chiefs or you think uh do you think that it was just, he was just playing he was just playing football the way he should
1: i thought it was close i mean it was great to see the the bills guys standing up for allen but i mean again you don't want to you you don't want to make those types of errors in a, chan- in a you know I, I mean the game is done but like there's still a chance technically um, and even Allen throwing the ball at them and, and all that, like, you know, they could have just taken the 15 yarder and kept going, but then they had a pile on, but you know, it, it was nice to see them, you know, coming to Allen and, and all that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I guess I echo that sentiment. It felt a little immature, you like to see the players stand up for their teammates, but it felt a little immature when the when the game was still undecided, um, maybe the Bills would have gotten the roughing the passer penalty 15 yards if they score a quick touchdown there. It's, ah, <laughs> I
3: just, I had hope till the very end with that onside kick. Yeah. So it was a lack of discipline in your mind. So that goes back to coaching, obviously, right? I mean, that's a. Uh keeping them in the game or were they just fed up with it because the defensive line had taken liberties earlier in the game. Chris Jones took a swing and punched John Feliciano and, and Tony Romo pointed out, he's like, Oh, that didn't get called. I'm like, ah, surprise, surprise. Of course it didn't get called. You know, maybe they were just sick of it the entire game. And then all of a sudden you're going to take liberties with the quarterback. It's different doing it with, you know, defensive lineman, offensive lineman against a defenseless quarterback. Maybe they had had enough at that point. I don't blame them for doing that. Um, I wish they had taken the higher road. Like you said, maybe take the 15 yard penalty. Um I don't know. To me, to me, Mike, I don't think that game, it didn't ever seem like they were close. They might've been close within score as far as like what, after the onside kick, then they got what a field goal. And then they were within 14 or something. And you're just like, this- There's no way they haven't been able to move the ball all day. And even so, they got to give the ball back to Mahomes. If they don't get the, (laughs) they don't get the onside's kick, which was the first one that was, that's been successful since 2014 in the postseason. Like, this isn't going to happen again. Like, I, I thought the game was completely out of reach at that point. Did you really still think that they had a chance?
2: After the Bills comeback game, I, I don't, that's always in the back of your mind. And then before this game, they show clips of the music city miracle. And yeah, yeah, I felt, Getting the onside kick, like, hey, at least there's a chance. (laughs) But it seemed like the Bills shot that it was one step forward, two steps back, with, with, as John said, with the field goals, with going for two and never making it. (laughs) Throwing a pick. Able to stop the Chiefs when you know they're going to run on three downs. Yeah. Yeah. The Chiefs Like, we talk about the the Bills coordinators being up for all these jobs, but it felt like they just thoroughly got out coached. Like the Chiefs have all these trick plays that seemingly work 100% of the time to get their stars involved in the game.
3: Mm-hmm. And the Bills
2: had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like where was Isaiah McKenzie? Like how does Diggs I don't I don't know what his stats were, but it's embarrassing compared to Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out coached on both sides of the ball. It's funny, you know, Leslie Frazier has been interviewing for the Houston Texans job, and he and Eric, uh, uh, Biennami, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, are up for it. I think they're the two finalists, and they're both been told to like assemble coaching staffs if they get the job. I mean, you'd have to imagine potentially Leslie Frazier getting the job just because he's done right now. I mean, I guess, but like, would you be the one, would you, after seeing today's Lost by the Bills defense, the fact that the Bills defense could not stop the Chiefs whatsoever, does that matter in your head coaching search? Do you take a look at that and say, hmm, maybe I don't want Leslie Frazier coaching my team? I mean, he looked – The
2: recency bias looms large, right, in all humans. And like after witnessing
3: that – How could you not? (laughs) do we want the Texans to take him? right i mean (laughs) if we're going by recency bias that's a that's a very relevant question i don't know if i if i mind geez after that ravens playoff game like oh we have to do anything we can to keep him our recency bias then and note note that after we talked about that in the podcast he did get the interview with the texans right after that after we mentioned it i was like hey guys you think uh Leslie Frazier gets a some head coaching looks and like, oh, I guess not. Or I guess so because of how well he did. Sure enough, he does. And uh and it'll be interesting to see what happens. And 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 to that point, John, I don't know if I <sighs> losing Leslie Frazier would be would be rough, but in the fact that I mean McDermott's the defensive mind that oversees everything, right? Um I don't know how much he actually has to do with the offensive play calling. So I feel like a loss of Leslie Frazier would be much less felt than the loss to Br- of Brian Dable, in my opinion.
2: It's funny how all these guys are either offensive or defensive. Nobody's like, ah, oh, he's 50 50. Like at your job, it's it's like, oh, Nate's just a speaking guy. He he's not a writing guy. <laughs> or oh John's a writing guy, but don't ask him to say, say anything. Like in normal human society, it's like, oh, you gotta you gotta be well rounded. Only in coaching
3: is it like, oh. McDermott's defense. <laughs> I think it's yeah. bizarre. Wasn't Marv Levy a special teams coach, John? <laughs> that was the best of all worlds. He didn't know either. <laughs> Had no clue on either side of the ball. That's why he was such a great head coach.
1: He <laughs> was a free-for-all.
3: <laughs> he trusted both sides uh, to get their job done. Uh, yeah, that is kind of weird. John- Mike's a speaker. <laughs> John's the emailer, <laughs> but don't ask John to be the speaker. Whatever you do, <laughs> there's a speaking role. You don't want John to be the overseer of both the speakers and the emailers. <laughs> uh, this this podcast is is going to be a little bit off the rails. Maybe, we should, like I would say, we're, we've kind of maybe.
2: Not fully expressed our disappointment, but certainly lamented about all the negatives with this particular game. But pulling out and looking at the bigger picture, like I'm very excited for the future. Like we constantly compare this team to the 90s Bills, and they had a lot of Hall of Famers. They were certainly the greatest team in Buffalo, went to four Super Bowls, but they were all closer to the end than they were to the beginning. Whereas with this team, with Allen and Diggs and a whole host of, of players, certainly coaches, the front office—like it seems like we're at the beginning. We're still ascending, which is exciting to me.
1: That's a good point. Look at the '88 Bills; made it to the AFC Conference Championship, and then, boom, four straight Super Bowls.
3: Hmm, that's a good point, John. So what you're saying is we can expect to go to four more Super Bowls and lose them all potentially, based on that game plan. That's a good point, Mike. As far as I'm joking, obviously, but, um to be on the rise and know that you're not hopefully at your peak and that this isn't, this isn't necessarily as good as it gets. Um Yeah, that does feel, that does feel good. It, it is, it is disappointing. And and I don't know if we express that thoroughly. I mean, we're, we're recording this right after the game and, and it's just kind of like, uh like this sucks. I didn't think today would be the day necessarily, but uh you know, I think we got too caught up in, in all the things and trying to find ways that this team was going to, be way better than it really is. I mean, it's a good team. It's a very good team and they beat good teams to get here. I mean, the bills, you know, as a second seed, they were the second seed for a reason. And, uh, their first game against the seven seed, normally that's like a cake game, right? Like you get the eight and eight team, like the Chicago bears or whatever. They had to beat an 11 and five Colts team. And the AFC was so good that an 11, five team didn't make the playoffs when they had more playoff spots than they've ever had. and, The Bills were good this season. The Bills were very good. They just, I was, I guess I was just hoping that this was like the Bills were the team that was hot, that they were, they were uh, hitting their stride at the right time when really they were just barely doing enough, maybe to win the couple of games that they did in the postseason. And when it came down to, you know, when all of the pretenders that make the postseason are gone and you have to play the big boys, You have to play the guys that have been to the Super Bowl before. You have to play the Patrick Mahomes of the of the league and the conference. Like, just just not there yet. I think in sports, Nate, it's so common. It's almost a proverb how
2: these how teams have to overcome that obstacle, right? Like, it it could be as most recent, most recently as the Chiefs two years ago, where they had to get to the championship game, lose to the Patriots, and then come back the next year and finally, like, took what they learned, took that that crucible of that loss, right, and feed them all the next year and then win it all the next year. So I think the Bills can take this, learn from it, and hopefully go
3: farther next year. Yeah, I love the positivity of that, Mike, and I think you're right. I mean, they they left that Houston Texans loss um, angry, hungrier, and uh, it showed up the next season. I mean, they... (laughs) This season, we we saw the
2: hail Mary, right? Like we thought in that moment, you're like, oh, what could possibly be worse? But maybe that's why they win uh, in the playoffs when they when they practice that hail Mary play how many countless times? Um, they want win, they won every game subsequent to that Cardinals game, and then knocked down the hail Mary pass in the playoffs. So I, I if we pull back. Who knows where this leads us down the road?
3: You know, the, there's certain things to be said, and we'll go into this a lot more in the off offseason um, just in general. But, you know, if you think about, like, you know, the first season of, of McDermott was, um, you know, learning how to win, and they made the playoffs. They broke the drought, right? That was the first season. Second season was dealing with all the cap, dead cap that they have. They, they couldn't do much. But but they still won games with, you know, like 70% of the cap of most teams or something like that. And then the next season, the 2019 was about okay. Now let's prove that we can win again. Now that we have cap space and we have most of this roster turned over, and they were winning games. They went eleven and five, um, or ten and six, rather. They could have gone eleven and five, and but they didn't really beat any good teams. Like they only had at that point like two or three wins against good teams or teams with winning records. And those teams' winning records were like nine and seven and eight, seven and one. Like they were barely winning records. Eight and eight. Um, just non losing records. And then this year was the year where they've actually learned to beat good teams. I mean, they beat several of the teams, not including teams in the playoffs, obviously in the, you know, the, the Ravens and the Colts, but they beat teams that made the playoffs, like, you know, the, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. So this was a season where maybe next season is not only learning how to beat good teams and making the playoffs. Maybe next season is, yeah, where they ascend to that next level. I, I like, I like. I like that idea as opposed to them somehow trending downward or anything to that point. Um, I don't see any reason for them to do that. But, But, uh,
2: yeah, it's definitely with the coaching staff, the regime, and Allen, right, like playing out of his mind.
3: Yeah. Just need to continue that in big spots against really good teams, right? Because we didn't see, I mean, for the most part this, this postseason, we haven't seen the Josh Allen that we saw at the tail end of the season. Where he lit up defenses, like even the really good defenses, he didn't necessarily do that this postseason. He, I mean, I would say, I would argue that the Colts game was he kind of put the team on his back there, but he didn't have like an unbelievable game. He just uh, he had a good game.
2: But by all accounts, right, he loves the game, which you could contrast other people in the draft class. Like a lot of Bills fans wanted to take Josh Rosen and look where we could be, but Allen seems to make. Incredible, str- like work on his craft in the off season. So who knows where the ceiling is next season?
3: Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. John, do you have any more thoughts that you want to add to the the general thoughts section of our uh, of this episode and the Bills in and the, and the loss to the Chiefs? Do you feel any better? You were, you sounded pretty down earlier. With Mike's, what Mike's saying is that we shouldn't we shouldn't get too too down. There, there's a lot of things that were proven this season. How are you feeling?
1: Hey, only ninety five days until the draft,
3: <laughs> John. All right, thank you for John, that.
2: Definitely the most. What would be the term? Nate? By, would you say bipolar? I, like has the highest highs and the lowest lows? When the Bills are winning, I'm like, John, don't liquidate your four hundred one k and go bet it all on the Bills, right? Like, don't go buy season box seats or whatever. Like when they <laughs> lose, like we
3: maybe we better text him like some helpline. <laughs> yeah some prevention lines. Yes, absolutely. John's like, yeah, yeah. He's that like the bills will score a touchdown in any game. It'll be like super bowl, (laughs) like all caps, exclamation points. And then the bills score a field goal in the first quarter. He's like, game's over. Like, why didn't they go for that? Game's done. See ya. (laughs) Like we
2: could even pull it back further. Like, if you want to take a somber note, like, um, and relate it to the bigger events in the country, like with COVID, like, like I feel very lucky to be a Bills fan. And like that was a huge bright spot this year. Like how far they went, like watching them in yeah. the end of December is awesome. Yeah. Um, when we were looking for our first playoff win, I think to, to get to the AFC championship game is a win by any metric. Um, di- certainly disappointed today, but give it a day, a week, whatever. We're in the ascendancy, but. Also, like, if, if the, if the Bills were going to the Super Bowl, I think with COVID, right? Like, people, we've, we've seen that people will gather for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and I think the Bills not being relevant in 30 years, like, people would get together for that game. (laughs) When like we're we're weeks away from getting vaccinated, or on the long stretch like months, like it would it would kill people in Buffalo. I think had the bills continued on, like not to, not to be hyperbolic, like literally, like we've joked before, like oh, going to having a parade and having Super Bowl parties, and like you maybe it's just destined for us next year when everything's back to normal, we can go to games, we can have big parties, like we can celebrate, like. It'll be amazing.
3: Absolutely, um, Mike. The, the, the fact that COVID, uh, the Bills have been good this season um, has been, I think, if you're listening to this podcast, it's been one of one of the bright spots of, of the last year, as, as rough and as terrible as it's been for all of us um, in certain ways, and certain aspects, and some people, terrible, real large scale aspects and it's been um the bills have been a bright spot for for me and obviously sounds like you Mike and and being able to enjoy this with other friends like yeah you know it stinks to not be able to see your friends as often as you want to or your family even for christmas or thanksgiving depending on you know what state you're in and 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 to have this that you can still email them about still text them about still You know, call them about, like, hey, you know, FaceTime them, like, oh, yeah, you know, isn't that crazy? Like, um, I can't see you. I can't hug you. But I can tell you we can share this season together and still talk about it into, I mean, the end of January, which is crazy because we haven't done this in uh, how many years? 24 years? 26 years? So, um, yeah.
2: And with social media, like, people interacting with the podcast on Twitter and just with other fans, like, Eds, like it makes it easier even though you can't see people there's there is a community
3: absolutely absolutely that's one of the uh that's one of the bright spots as as uh as someone you know that that we do this podcast for and the interaction with fans a lot of fans um you know listeners have have reached out via social media or email and said some very nice things and you know to us and And, uh, you know, we'll get into that later when we do get into the thank yous of the, of the podcast, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. we to, we to, way to put it on a good note, Mike. So let's do our quick stats of the game. In today's loss, let's, let's run through those real quick stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, Josh Allen, 28 for 48, 287 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. A lot of that came in the second half, uh, when it was a largely garbage time. For the most part, Josh Allen leading rusher for the Bills. By the way, Josh Allen also threw like two other passes that should have been picked off today, but they were not. So, um uh, stat line a little deceiving. Didn't have a great game. Um, not absolutely horrible, but, uh, just not what we were hoping for. Josh Allen had seven carries leading rusher, seven carries for 88 yards, 12.6 yards per carry. Devin Singletary, the next leading rusher, six carries, 17 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. So not a good day running the ball, which is typical for the bills for most of this season. Cole Beasley leading receiver for the bills, third and Cole, seven receptions on nine targets for 88 yards. Stefan Diggs. The leading receiver of the NFL all season only had six receptions for 77 yards on 11 targets. The Kansas City Chiefs just basically took him away as a weapon for the Bills all game up until the second half uh, when the game was almost out of reach. Dawson Knox was next, six receptions for 42 yards and one touchdown on eight targets. We'll go quickly on the Chiefs' side of the ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 29 for 38, 325 yards and three touchdowns. Dude was just surgical. Today against the Bills defense, Darrell Williams, uh, leading rusher, 13 carries for 52 yards, one touchdown, four yards per carry Tyreek Hill, the uh, chiefs leading receiver, nine receptions on 11 targets for 172 yards, zero touchdowns, nobody covering Tyreek Hill today, uh, Travis Kelsey uh, had uh, 13 receptions on 15 targets. For 118 yards and two touchdowns. Absolutely nobody covering Travis Kelsey today either. Um, and that's that's all we'll go into. Uh, not a big stats day for the Bills. So the stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we'll go into our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game. Our wall of famers and wall of shamers. Uh, maybe even a Gettysburg of the game. And our giveaways. So stick around.
2: questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts
3: all right welcome back to circling the wagons a buffalo rumblings podcast this is our recap edition where we're discussing the Bills' loss to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, thirty-eight to twenty-four. I'm joined by my co-hosts John and Mike. So let's go into our sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game. Our sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, guys, uh, there weren't a lot of great plays today. <laughs> On either side, it was funny. I tweeted out uh, at halftime. I said the Bills are down twenty-one twelve. Who's to blame for this loss? I said, you know, Allen, the defense, coaching, what? And a lot of the answers seemed to be everything, all of the above. <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of people that thought that it was it was it was a game that was uh, that was lost in all three phases. Um, I'm going to say for my sweet Sassy Malassi play of the game. Um, if I'm not going to go, the Dawson Knox touchdown. It was a very simple touchdown, but um, the only touchdown of the game. I'm going to go with. In the third quarter, when uh, the, the game was still in reach, the Chiefs were only up 21-12, and uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, passes the ball to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back, out of the backfield, and Jordan Poyer just lit him up. I mean, he just, it was a huge hit. They showed an instant replay. They, they had the sound to go with the instant replay because it was that big of a hit. Um, that was my favorite play of the game. There were not a lot of great plays in today's uh, victory so uh Mike John, do you guys have anything for this? Or was it was it that bad? For me, I'll I'll go with for
2: the high water mark of the day was the Cole Hardman fumble, the Bills recovered it on the 3-yard line and went on to score the touchdown, Allen to Knox, it, it, it making it, to make it 9-0 um, with the mix,
3: mixed
2: extra point. It felt like we were rolling.
3: Yeah, it did. Felt great at that point. You're like, this is a, that play is like a, a play of destiny for a team that's about to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like, this is how those, those teams go to the Super Bowl and win it. Remember that, uh, a few years ago, it was the Ravens when, when Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. There was that pass at the end of the game where, uh, against the Broncos where like he threw it like 60 yards in the air and the guy came through like double coverage and he caught the ball and he ran for a touchdown. You're like, they went to the Super Bowl and they ended up winning it. You're like, oh, this is, this could be that play for the Bills, and then they missed the extra point. <laughs> that was that was that. <laughs> John. Yeah, what about you? Sweet Sassy Malazi play the game.
1: Yeah, I agree with Mike. It was uh literally the only time I was on my feet the whole game it was the muffed pun.
3: Yeah. That was a good one. That River was a great play. Now let's go into do we have any Gettysburg plays of the game? Let's go into our Gettysburg play of the game. Gaysburg play of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Um, a game or a play in the game that changed the tide for the Buffalo Bills. Um, could we, jeez, you know, some people had some really good, uh, suggestions, uh, going into this. And one of them was, uh, the Devin Singletary pass, uh, that he dropped right in his hands. It was the Bills were up nine seven, uh, Singletary, uh, was running out of the backfield in the flat, and Josh Allen threw a great ball to him. He went to go catch it, dropped it. He had some room. He probably could have gotten at least 10, 15, 20 yards. Uh, People thought that that just kind of swung the momentum. And looking back at it, I can't really disagree with anything on that. Um, Guys, do you have a Gettysburg of the game where where the momentum was changed?
1: Not really. I mean, you could say the best missed extra point, right? Because the Chiefs never looked back after that. Scored nine points and then uh, the Chiefs went on a roll. Uh, that didn't really affect it, but or you know you can't really say that was a big momentum change, but that's pretty much where it turned, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one.
2: I thought Allen's first interception was costly too.
3: Yeah, you know, Allen didn't throw an interception though until the fourth quarter. He threw a lot of almost interceptions though. It was up. already the fourth quarter when it was off the receivers' hands, and yeah, it was off Brown's hands. I thought that was earlier
2: in the game.
3: No, but he did throw one that was like Cole Beasley had to rip out of. Yeah, it
2: was good play. Good play by Beasley.
3: That was on third down too, third and cold. See, he plays offense and defense on third down. He's not just an offensive playmaker. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, yeah, you know it did seem there were a couple of other passes. There was one um, that went off a a DB's hands um, that should have been intercepted. I think it was a pass to Stefan Diggs earlier in the game. So it seemed like there were more of them just because of that, but.
2: Did how many did Allen just have the one pick?
3: Yep. Huh?
2: Yeah. I felt like there were, there were quite a few.
3: Yeah, it did. It did. And that was, that ended up that actual pick in the fourth quarter ended up being his only interception in the red zone ever in his career. Perfect timing. So, um, like I meant, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, at least we can say in this game that the refs did not cost us because I was talking about it, you know, uh, Earlier, the Trainwreck Sports guys had me on their podcast earlier today for their preview, and I was saying, you know, I can accept a loss today. I just don't want it to be at the hands of the freaking referees like it was in the Texans game last season where there was that, you know, Cody Ford non-blind, non-blindside non block that was a little BS. Um, and then there was that that play in the end zone where the guy – didn't kneel the ball. He forgot the rules and he just tried to flip it to the ref and the Bills recovered it. And it was supposed to be a touchdown. All of a sudden, these referees and all black came out and like, Hey, no, that's actually, uh, you know, went to the Texans. So at least we can say that. Like, let's look on the positive th- side of things, right, guys? So <laughs> Gettysburg, <laughs> Gettysburg of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Have a few, uh, write ins from our podcast listeners on Twitter. So I'm going to read a few of those real quick. Buffalo ceilings right. The closest series of plays, starting with Singletary's drop pass that had 20 yards of grass in front of him, and then was quickly followed up by Hardman's 50-ish yard run, just proved the Bills O had to be perfect, because the D was overmatched. Yes, the Bills offense absolutely had to be perfect today to overcome the Bills defense for sure. Good point there. Ulysses writes not getting up, not getting points up 9-7. Needed to score there to keep pressure on Kansas City. Could pretty much say the same at fourteen to nine. Hey John, you know your your uh, Gettysburg of the game should be you uh, should be in general the uh, the Bills not going for it on fourth and goal those those uh, two separate drives.
1: Yeah, I mean those are plays plural, but yeah, I mean hey. that was pretty bad. I mean for me, even the after the first one, I, I yeah, I guess you're right. Like I was like already telling you guys game over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you did, and they did it again. John called it. John called it the second quarter. <laughs> uh, Mike Graham writes, Travis Kelsey was Gettysburg. I know it's not a play, but he is the one who changed this game multiple times. All he had to do was just catch the ball. That's all he had to do because he didn't have to uh, worry about being covered because nobody was covering him. Stanley J. Cohen write, writes, that motor drop sure feels like something. Uh, Mitsubishi Macchiato writes, uh, kicking the field goal instead of going for it the first time turned the tide against. B. Mormon 2020 writes in, Bills Podcasters for keeping me entertained all season. Thanks, guys, and go Bills. Wow. Way to flip. Way to put that one in there, B. Mormon 2020. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Welcome to Slam Diego writes, The refs missing the punch by Jones. Yeah. That'd have been 15. Jessica writes, Not going for that first, fourth down. Makes offense lose confidence. The second time Sean did it, it was like twisting the knife harder. Woohoo. Wow. Good visual there. I felt that. I felt that tweet, Jessica. Awesome season. Go Bills. Dave Thorpe writes The early drop by Singletary was huge, but choosing to leave Kelsey and Hill open in that garbage soft zone scheme was probably worse. Yes. Keeping the receipts, wrote tip interception in the red zone was a Gettysburg for me. Yeah. You just mentioned that one. Danny O'Grady writes, Singletary drop hurt momentum, settling for field goals in the red zone against explosive Chiefs offense also hurt. That was one of the things that bothered me with um, Sean McDermott's lack of aggressiveness was just, um, you know, you want to be more aggressive against these teams that are really good, especially when your defense isn't playing well. I could understand... uh, defensive guys especially going for three when they should go for seven being like well i can rely on my defense because they played well all game well their defense hadn't been playing well all game and the bills have the bills offense really hadn't been playing well all game either so if you get the chance to get into the red zone sure you want three points but you almost have to go for the seven points for the momentum swing for the swing of uh player emotion to go like okay we're back in this game you know we're we're only down by Uh, four instead of nine or whatever the case is. Um, I I just thought that that was was probably one of the biggest disappointments of today's game. Gettysburg of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. First, let's start with the Wall of Fame. Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Wall of Fame. John, do you have anyone or anything that you would like to put on the Wall of Fame in today's loss?
1: Absolutely not.
3: <laughs> I, for some reason, I felt like I knew that. Mike, how about on your side? Is there anyone that you can give the Wall of Fame? or put? Is there anyone that you can put on the Wall of Fame?
2: Not a single, I hate to say it, but not a single person comes to mind. I'd like to say Bass, but with a missed extra point, I can't do it.
3: Yeah, he had a couple of long he field goals suggestions or twitter or we're going to read twitter in a minute but i i couldn't come up with anything that was sometimes you can say oh you know coaching yeah sometimes you could say oh coaching or game plan or at least you know they they took care of this like i mean i guess you could say maybe the run game for the bills they stopped the i mean but that's only because they could pass all day long on the bill secondary so did it matter that the bills could stop the run no um chiefs didn't have to run the ball so it didn't matter um yeah, I, I mean the only thing I can think of giving it to is for the Bills' offensive lineman for sticking up for Josh Allen towards the end of the game, like we mentioned earlier. Um, I was happy to see that. Um, too little, too late, though, and
1: they didn't do shit for him the rest of the
3: game. <laughs> it would have been nice. It would have been nice if they kept the defensive lineman from sacking him in the first place. Yes. What about? Okay, well, let's go into our wall of shame in today's loss. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to say the Bills not being able to cover. A tight end or a wide receiver, either or it would have been nice if they could do either. Um, I think they looked at that week six game where the Bills lost against the Chiefs and are like, we got to stop the run. They ran all over us and the Bills really limited Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in that game, but they got, they were run by like over six yards of carry by the, by the, uh, the Chiefs run game. Like, oh, let's stop the run. And then, you know, they basically forgot about Travis Kelsey and not only that, like, okay, so it's their ability their inability to cover both of those guys, and then the defense also not adjusting whatsoever to that, it seemed. Oh, and also the defense not being able to get any pressure or sack uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, for most of the game. So those three things. (laughs) John, what about you? What's on your wall of shame in today's loss?
1: It's everything, but it boils down to McDermott. I have to put Sean McDermott on it.
3: His lack of aggressiveness on, uh, on fourth and goal. Yep. Mike Yeah, it,
1: and plus, like, it, the both offense and defense, right? Like, he, you know, obviously, he's got Dable and Frazier there, but, but like, it was a shit show all around, and he, he's responsible for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mike, are you in the same boat as us, or do you have something different? Wall of shame.
2: Yeah, for me, it starts and ends with the coaching. Like, it'd be easy to say, like, the Chiefs are just unstoppable, that they're a dynasty, that they're – an all decade team, but it's just not the case. If you look at their schedule, like they played so many close games and it just felt like the coaching staff, did they
3: not watch the film? Did they not see what worked? I mean, they were going, so I retweeted this out. CBS sports HQ had a tweet that said, um, the last six games of the season and postseason, uh, and it had like the, the final four playoff games. And the Bills had the largest point differential of all the playoff teams left. And then the Chiefs were the worst. They barely had a positive point differential in the last uh, six games of the season and postseason. And so you're like, well, you know, the Bills are obviously playing better at the moment. And then you look at the the Bills had a harder schedule in the, in the regular season than uh, the Chiefs did. I mean, the Chiefs just barely beat the Browns. Of course, Patrick Mahomes was injured for a quarter. Um, so that didn't help. But... Um, they just barely beat the Browns, and so you're like, "Well, this team, this team is is able to be beaten." And it was just like they were <laughs> they were the Chiefs of 2019 when the Bills played them, because uh, the team that barely the Chiefs that barely beat the Atlanta Falcons 17 to 14 in Kansas City that was not the same team that that played the Bills tonight, or the Bills just uh, just had the absolute wrong game plan uh, on both sides of the ball. So let's turn it over to Twitter, where you guys write in after each game. I mean, you guys know the drill. I don't have to go into it this late in the season, the postseason. Private Joker 2003 writes, Wall of Fame, Beasley and Allen, neither had monster stats, but they did their best with what was happening around them. Wall of Shame, Singletary, who also gets bad Gettysburg of the game for that catastrophic drop that took points off the board and gave the ball right back to a hot Mahomes. Now, honestly, Private Joker two thousand three and I were writing back and forth. I retweeted this uh, really cool article he wrote for BuffaloRumblings.com and It was a fan shot uh, where he discussed his Bills fandom. So, if you guys uh, check out our Twitter feed for that, our timeline, and uh, you'll see that it was really cool. I would highly recommend it.
2: And he says, "Oh, because they tried their best." You got to find that Sean Connery drop from The Rock was like your best losers always whine about their best.
3: <laughs> and how does it end, Mike? I'll let you find the quote. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> X Rob S. Hey, RIP Sean Connery. X Rob S. writes, Wall of Fame, Nate, Mike, and John. As a displaced Bills fan in Louisville, Kentucky, I have no one to talk Bills with. You and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings lineup are a blessing. Thank you. Thank you very much for writing that, Rob. Do you say it Louisville or Louisville? <laughs> Louis. Which way did I say Louisville? Is that what do you what do you say? Same, <laughs> same. <laughs> do you say Saint Louis or Saint Louis? <laughs> Saint Louis sounds like it'd be from like a Looney Tunes. I'm going to Saint Louis. <laughs> um, <laughs> this podcast doesn't have any any tangents yet. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a surprise it's, we're laid into a podcast wall of shame he writes rob writes none the chiefs were the better team this season has been incredible can't wait to see what happens next absolutely uh, uh awesome season go bills dave thorpe writes. wall of fame the season we had to get the season we had to get here it exceeded expectations for me at least a beginning not an end wow We'll put there, Wall of Shame, basically, we were outplayed and outcoached, especially on D. Worst possible time for the 2019 offense and first half 2020 defense to show up. Still proud of this team. Go Bills. And he also writes, can I add to the Wall of Shame, all the clowns on Twitter, slating the team and McDermott. We just had the best in over a quarter of a century. Appreciate it and enjoy it. The future is finally bright. Would you rather go back to talking draft picks in December? (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mike, you're the one that always talks about the uh, the farmer parable when he talks about uh you know something that happens and people are like, oh, that's terrible, or oh, that's great. He's like, ah, oh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, like people talk about this this loss, and they're like, Oh, this is the worst. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, because maybe it leads to a Super Bowl run next season, and then we won't we won't think that this, this season was that bad in the grand scheme of things, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> original hatred rights. No one on either. It was a great season. Stinks to lose, but the other team won. If you push through, Gettysburg was Singletary dropping that pass that opened the door for the Chiefs. They never looked back. So the, so we haven't talked about this. Let's do this real quick. Um, actually, you know, we'll save it for the end when we talk about the odds for the Super Bowl. So Mike, why don't you pull that up while you're waiting for me to run down these tweets. Steve T. writes, Wall of Fame. Honestly, the only person I could say is Bass, even with the PAT miss. Wall of Shame, Leslie Frazier. The defensive scheme to play a soft zone and let them score every possession, every postseason, never going to work, and I can't understand. I think he meant possession, score every possession. Brian Dable, the offense looked like a shell of itself. Both the offense and the defense, um, in my opinion, looked like a shell of itself today. Mike Graham writes, well, can we say at least, you guys, like, at least this was the Chiefs that we did this to, that we just flopped on. At least it wasn't like in the wild card round or something like that. The Bills got beaten, you know, by two over two scores or anything like that. At least it was the championship against the Super Bowl defending Kansas City Chiefs. Mike Graham writes, Wall of Shame, this was a piss poor coaching performance. I could take losing straight up against the Chiefs, but we just sat back, scared letting them win. We played soft to prevent big plays but allowed a lot of big plays because we played soft. We made zero adjustments. Disappointed in caps. Disappointed. Megatron writes, she says, wall of shame coaching in all caps. A lot of all caps tonight. People feeling it. Michael Taylor writes, we were simultaneously the Titanic and the iceberg, a big unsinkable ship that sank itself. (laughs) Edgar Donnybrook writes, Wall of Fame, it was a great season. Wall of Shame, almost everything about this game, but I'll take this over the drought years. John, John, our co-host is in. John tweets out, Wall of Shame, McDermott, Wall of Fame, no one. Well, thank you, John, for tweeting into us on that one. Thank you for that uh, very creative tweet, by the way. Just so you know, I only read that because John's our co-host and he never, ever tweets in to the podcast. Um, but normally, I don't read, read simple tweets like this. That's a, that's a tweet for a simp, John. That's how I look at that. Um, what? <laughs> what? You, you heard me. Tweet for a simp. A simpleton like you. Because um, <laughs> there's lots of people that tweet in like this wall of fame, Alan, wall of shame uh, defense. I thought
2: it was like simp was like... Um... Certainly pejorative, but like a guy that's like fawning over women. Oh yeah,
3: right. So John was the simp. <laughs> John was a simp, I guess. Yeah. The guess. podcast was. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that wrong. See, I don't know all of the. Uh, you can tell I don't use simp a lot in my real life. I <laughs> I'm more of an emailer than a speaker, Mike. Um, <laughs> Rory Doolin writes, Wall of Fame, T-Bass Dude is going to be a great kicker for years, solid pick Wall of Shame, the Bills run offense, we need one next year Oh, and Mahomes' jersey was nice and clean at the end And Josh's was filthy We need to hit home next year, absolutely Especially for the highest paid defensive line in the league You think we get a little bit more pressure than we did tonight Jared writes in, Wall of Fame, Feliciano for laying out Okafor. You don't taught Josh Allen. Wall of Shame, conservative coaching for not going for it on those two fourth downs. Could have given this team some much-needed momentum. To the young Bills fans, this was your heartbreak baptism into Bills fandom, but we'll be back. <laughs> I just talked, I think it was last week or the week before, my first Bills memory was the uh, the Bills losing to the, the Cleveland Browns. Um, on the last second play of the game, so um on a drop pass, so uh you know it just got better for for me for there, and I hope it does for the rest of bill's fans, younger Bill's fans at least
2: i well, mean, I share that sentiment, but isn't that a recipe for disappointment right? Maybe John can speak to this, but there's thirty two n f l team you should win the super Bowl right, not very frequently, like the Patriots are a huge outlier. Yeah, should once every thirty-two years, and it's like even if you win, you immediately have to be like, "Oh, next year," you're immediately on a that the ticking yeah treadmill that you can never have like peace. Yeah, wow. So, like, I just I th- I think we would do well to we're enjoy the game while it's on, hang out with our friends, talk about it, bond over it and not get crushed if we lose. Like if you can take something from a win, that's great, but it's just so fleeting. I think our attachment to victory when we're one of 32.
3: Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking about that too, Mike, um, not only because you mentioned it um, every season, I feel like in one form or another, and you remind us about how happiness is fleeting and you can never really enjoy anything in life. Um, That seems to be the message I'm getting here. (laughs) Ah, No, I think the chasing, the
2: chasing is unfulfilling. you're just like, hey, I I enjoy watching the Bills. I'm going to enjoy this game. Yeah. The less you're attached to they have to win the Super Bowl for me to be happy. Good point. Like that's the recipe for disaster because even if they win, the next podcast is going to be like, how do they repeat?
3: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I was just looking at the podcast schedule because, you know, you think, uh, the Super Bowl is what the, the sixth or the seventh of February. I mean, free agency starts in the middle of March. What do we get? Like four or five episodes, maybe to discuss how much we enjoy it before we have to talk or maybe one <laughs> that we have to talk about team needs. It's like we just got done potentially winning a Super Bowl. Now we have to talk about team needs, like on the offense, who's leaving in free agency. It's like that sucks. Um, that you can't truly enjoy it if you look at it from that point of view. The ring, it's either rings or nothing, right?
2: John, what's your take? Like, if they win one, are you do you think you'll find a contentment?
1: Yeah, so they could definitely use an edge rusher next year, uh, upgraded tight end, um, maybe uh, offensive line also. That's the whole point, right? Super Bowl. That's the whole point. Yeah, of course you can enjoy it as it goes and still not win. I mean, yeah, not right today sucks, but they because it just happened an hour ago. But like over the course of this, it was a great season. It was next year. Hopefully, they'll they'll make it even further, right?
3: So John's more like the opposite of what you just said, Mike. To find true happiness, he's like the if you don't win the ring, it sucks every season and. Um, I think a lot of fans are like that. And then some people hopefully have the mentality of like, you know, just enjoy it, you know, day by day. Like, I mean, I'll say, you know, I'll like tweet something out and say like the Bills are losing by halftime. Who's to blame? And people are like, why are you trying to play the blame game? I'm like, I'm just saying it. Okay. Just stop. Just calm down. Like, like, oh, well, let's see how well this team does in the second half. Like, okay. We can still see that, but we can still talk about what's happening because there are, I mean, we're in the moment. Like things aren't going well for the Bills right now. Let's discuss why. And right now, things are, you know, I don't know. It depends on what you, what your expectations were going into this game. If you thought the Bills were going to go to the Super Bowl and win it and you had your heart set on it, you're severely disappointed, which it sounds like John was. And then if you're more like Mike, where it's like, Hey, just lucky to be alive, man. Everything's every day you're not in the dirt is a good day. (laughs) Then. (laughs) Then you're you're okay with today's outcome. Not fair.
2: Like, if your happiness level is the difference between your expectation and the outcome, right? It's kind of unfair to the Bills as a team to constantly reset that after every win. Like at the beginning of the year, we would have happily taken AFC Championship game. Like, hey, we're making progress. Allen would have had to show amazing improvement. Like, I think any of us would take it all day long. But after they win every game, our, our goal is like, okay, now they have to win the next one. So like, it just sets us up for disappointment at the end of the year. And then you carry that over all the way through till training camp. Yeah. Like, so I, I can kind of get to the point of like, oh, we at least need one in our lifetime or something. So that's why I was curious, like what, what John's thoughts were. If they get one, are you like, Hey, we did it during our lifetime. Everything else is gravy. For the next 30 years? Or is it like we have to immediately... If we don't win next year, it's a huge disappointment.
1: Unfortunately, we have to keep winning.
3: <laughs> I I will say this. I was thinking about the Bills potentially going to the Super Bowl and winning. And I feel like everything after that, every single um, season after that is just gravy. You know what I mean? In my opinion, you get there, you win it all. I mean, how many people... I mean, how many Bills fans' relatives do we have? Grandparents, parents, you know, I mean, some uncles, aunts, like, that never got to see a Super Bowl win and that died. You know, it's like we, we if you are able to see one and live through it, like, you've lived through more than a lot of Bills fans have so far in the, in the 60 years that the Bills have been around, <laughs> you know? Like, you've witnessed something amazing. Like, to me, everything... At least that's how I would hope it'd be. Is gravy on top? We're talking about the bills. Oh yeah, that, that sucked. The bills. Hey, at least the bills won a Super Bowl two years ago. Who gives? Who gives a crap? Let's look yeah, at the big picture.
1: Then they would have to win more than the Patriots did, and then they would have to have an undefeated season and knock off Mercury Morris and that whole thing.
3: <laughs> Not to me. Yeah, Mercury. Yeah. Oh man, John, you, uh, j- John, maybe. The
2: grand of things, it means nothing though. It's like, what enjoyment can you derive while you're? You're just a little speck, a monkey that's a, on a floating rock that's alive for the like a, the blink of a firefly. And then, poof, you're dead for eternity.
1: <laughs> so that would be a very happy monkey if, if that all happened.
2: <laughs> like, entire civilizations have risen and fallen, and we can't name one person from. Like, ancient Sum- the ancient Sumerians, we can't name a single one. But we're worried about, like, oh, the Bill's winning the next 30 Super Bowls. Like, it's just... <laughs> it's just small
1: things in life, Mike. It's, a,
2: <laughs> it's you, just, so
3: bleeding. Like I'm, I don't know. Just trying to keep it in perspective a little just, bit. Do you ever think about this? Is this is going down such a tangent? But um, like if you weren't a Bills fan or a sports fan in general, like, I, like you ever talk to I'd those, be <laughs> you'd be so much happier. Like you ever think about um, you ever go to a party or something? Well, back when parties used to happen and used to have social gatherings, but you'd meet someone, they're just like, oh, like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, this and that. On a, oh, I like the Bills, uh, Jeff. I always like to use Jeff as an example. Jeff, w- you know, what do you like? You know, this and that. Oh, I don't really follow sports. And you're just like, I don't even want to talk to this person anymore. Like, not even that they don't like the Bills or they don't like football. They just don't like sports. Like, I don't really want to talk to this person, right? But that person is probably so happy. They just dedicate the rest of their time. To not being disappointed most seasons by their team, right? (laughs) In Uh a way. Um, to Mike's point. Um, but we still do it. I can't, I can't, I can't quit it. I can't not do it. But man, just think about how much more stuff you get around, done around the house. (laughs) How Uh many more, you know, things you get accomplished at work. If you didn't have to, uh, you didn't spend any time listening, reading, thinking about it. (laughs) You'd be like the Sumerians. <laughs> <laughs> Who no one also remembers and they also <laughs> uh anyway, um Michael Steven writes Wall
2: of I, I, like, I, when you're like, Oh, I want to quit like I wish I knew how to quit you
3: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought of brokeback mountain there. That's what I was quoting, if if I didn't make it obvious. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Me putting my hands on like the the shoulders <laughs> of like my Buffalo Bills fandom, i like, I can't quit you. <laughs> or whatever he says, I sure wish I could quit you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I have that soundbite somewhere. I'm not doing any soundbites after this one. Uh, so Michael Steven right? poor Michael Steven, can't get his tweet read. Michael Steven writes, Wall of Fame is Tyler Bass and Taiwan Jones. Hey, credit, good point there. Credit Taiwan Jones for recovering that uh, muff punt. Wall of shame, whatever defensive plan they came up with to stop Kelsey and Hill and McDermott going for field goals. Seems to be the uh, the consensus all around. J.D. writes, coaches, both sides of the ball on the wall of shame. The 2020 Bills on the wall of fame. They brought a feeling back to us that we haven't felt in 25 years. Rob Zach writes, wall of fame, the whole team for such an enjoyable season. Wall of shame, how much I ha- had to hear about Mahomes and Brady. Real quick, let's go into that. Um, Who do you guys want to win in the Super Bowl? We'll go into odds later, but who do you you guys want to win the Super Bowl? Because I kind of wanted KC to win normally because I'm not a big Brady fan, although I don't hate Brady as much now that he's not on the Patriots and beating us twice a year. Um, But at the same time, after today's effort, I mean, it was kind of dirty. The Chiefs were, it just seemed like unnecessarily dirty for a team that was running the score up on you. Um, like they didn't need to be. So I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth of the Chiefs. Uh, what do you guys think? And, uh, and, uh, are are you guys disappointed? Or who'd you guys, who'd you guys root for in the Super Bowl? Kansas City. Kansas City. Because of your hatred for Tom Brady? Yes. All right. Thanks for elaborating on that. Mike, who are you, who are you rooting for? I'm just hoping for a close, exciting game. Do I really care? Does it bother you? Does Tom Brady... I mean, I watched him play today against the Packers. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so angry that he's doing well. I'm like, oh, I didn't think they'd win this game.
1: <laughs> but I wasn't... He cheated. What's that? He probably cheated.
3: <laughs> Can't use that excuse anymore unless he found a way to cheat with both franchises. Isn't that crazy? This whole time I was thinking it was the it was Bill Belichick and not giving Tom Brady any credit, when potentially it was really Tom Brady at the point. Helping with uh, both of them, I'm sure, had a big part of it, but uh, Tom Brady was maybe not just a system quarterback.
1: It it was both of them because you had Spygate and then you had Deflategate and then, you know, everything in between.
3: (laughs) Yeah, lots of gates there. Um, Tanner writes in, Wall of Fame, Feliciano for bodying Okafor. Wall of Shame, Dable play calling in the defense. Not going for it on that fourth down was bad. Josh Rinkin writes, wall of fame, John Feliciano, I don't care who you are. You don't stand over the quarterback like that. Wall of shame, the entire coaching staff. They were frankly afraid to win, scared from the first minute to the last. They did whatever they wanted. Go Bucks, bleep the Chiefs. Now that's an interesting take. We were just talking about go Bucks. You know what? I like Bruce Arians a lot as a coach. I just like him. Saw some episodes of of him on uh, I think it was like All or Nothing on Prime. Is on Prime? I, I liked his uh, I like his uh, his his Moxie.
2: <laughs> There's something to be said too. I think like the Chiefs have had success very recently, so it'd be nice to see another fan base have a chance to enjoy it for yeah. sure.
3: And first uh, home team in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Tampa I mean Burn- we we Burn- can Burn-
2: agree given. What we experienced today, like our natural inclination is to go for the other team. It's just we're hung up a little bit on now. We've been so conditioned to cheer against Brady because of his time in New England. Like if Brady were not the quarterback of Tampa, we'd all be pulling for Tampa.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I would be. Maybe. Philip Whitaker writes, wall of shame. Coaching was so bad. Field goals don't beat KC, and the defense played atrociously. Singletary dropping that pass hurts so bad. Wall of Fame, Feliciano and Dawkins for protecting Josh. Love the fire in the guys after the way KC players were all game. Can't wait for next season. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Wall of Fame, the rivalry that hopefully develops into, the, into in the future. Going to be fun to watch these next few years. Jamie McAndrew writes, Wall of Fame, roster for a fantastic season. Wall of Shame, all good things come to an end. Beat by a better team today, but they just picked up on all the issues we've had all season. Man, that is such a great point by Jamie. All the weaknesses we had, um, the Chiefs just coached it out of us. Uh, Jamie also writes, call Kelsey John Cena as our defense just couldn't see him. (laughs) No run game hurt us as they stopped our passing game. Yep.
2: Do people not use punctuation or are you just regressing as a... Reader.
3: Both. It's late, and I'm a terrible reader. <laughs> There's no punctuation, though. I'm not going to blame this completely on me. Wall of... So Los Bills de los condeci, which uh, just tweeted us today. They're uh, from the Mexico City. Uh, from Mexico City. One of our listeners from Mexico City. So thanks to them for listening to us. A lot of listeners from all over the world. So if you're listening to this and you're a Bills fan, thank you for that. Wall of Fame. Wall of Shane did right, Motor, Dable, and the offensive line, Josh Allen and all of the D, including coaches. Pretty much the entire the entire franchise minus the front office. Wall of Fame, Tyler Kick Bass. Missed one point after, but made two 50 plus yarders and an onside kick. Hey, I love that one. I love that one by Los Bills de lo condeci, if I'm remembering my, my Spanish correctly. <clears throat> Greg Owens writes, wall of fame, Allen and Beasley, wall of shame, interesting wall of fame to Allen, wall of shame, defense, the pass rush, linebacker specifically, any one of the many targeted receivers who had huge drops. Not going to malign the O-line, the Kansas City DBs did their job exceptionally, and the receivers just couldn't get open in time. They can only hold so long. That was a good point by Greg because uh, Tony Romo brought that up in the broadcast about how there just wasn't anybody open. There wasn't anyone for Josh to throw it to. So um there's a great point by Greg. Josh Allen for MVP. Hashtag wear a mask, which is great advice. Wall of shame, Leslie Frazier. You had one job. Stop Kelsey and Hill, and he did the exact opposite. Thank you, Bills, writes Wall of Fame. Beasley I think wall of shame the entire Bills coaching staff completely outcoached the entire game on all sides of the ball zero adjustments throughout the game and I have no idea WT what the hell they pl- what the hell they game planned however the experience was necessary for growth Dave writes in wall of fame <laughs> me eating my feelings wall of shame my scale in the morning <laughs> that was definitely me too today dave i hear you and then he writes hashtag third and cole is the best name best nickname ever dave is john's (laughs) it's john's best friend for that francis Navoa writes coaching staff he must be writing wall of shame we were aggressive all year and in a huge game you get conservative you can't keep scoring field goals and hope to win that way against the champs frustrating loss carlin sullivan writes all right Carlin is in. They write, Wall of Fame, Feliciano and Dawkins for standing up for Josh. And Jordan Poyer for his third down play and hawking down Tyreek Hill. That was a good point. He did save that touchdown. That long, like, 71-yard uh, reception it was not a touchdown because of him. Wall of Shame, Singletary, has had a bad season and dropped one when we needed him. The entire coaching staff are laying a goose egg tonight. That was the Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at delago do you guys want to talk real quick about the time i got eviscerated on twitter by thousands of people you want to talk about that one real quick did it happen just an hour ago it happened it happened last week no i i'm also getting eviscerated for that um i said yeah i said something about tyreek hill people weren't too happy about but i didn't say anything that wasn't true as far as i know so um the scandal uh that had to do with this last week was we talked last week and a couple of weeks before that taint 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 touchdown after interception we love the Taryn Johnson ha- taint we love a good looking taint and we joked around on the podcast about making a shirt about it And a couple of people were like yeah let's make a shirt I told my graphic designer guy buddy Nick uh, about it and uh, he made a shirt about it like that night for the T public story I'm like ah whatever like I'll just post that up because um, he went through all the work and you know we we think it's funny on the podcast. People message me all the time. I posted that on Twitter and people were losing their minds on like the fact that we could do that. And I even wrote below it like what a taint was just in case people don't know uh what it is. And I have never gotten so many retweets for a t public a T public post for our store ever in the history of of the podcast. And a lot of people were you know, dunking on it and saying how terrible it was. Man, how how could you guys do this? Like, as if we were insulting Taryn Johnson by saying that, um, which I don't think we were at all. A taint's not a bad thing, it's actually an amazing thing. We all love to see the taint.
1: You could have just said pick six on the shirt.
3: Yeah, but that's not what we say on the I know
1: you really love saying taint, but, you know.
3: John's still bitter over the taint discussion last week.
2: John is salty.
3: <laughs>
2: it's not our fault you didn't know what a taint was, even though we've been talking about it for two years. I don't think you guys know what a taint
3: is. <laughs> we explained it's touchdown after interception, touchdown after interception, and I even said that in the tweet, like right below it. So it's funny. In like the first like ten minutes, uh, my buddy Nick, that created the T-shirt, he's like, "Hey, we can take that design down." He's like, we don't have to keep going. I was like, ah, eh, screw it, whatever. Like, let people trash it or whatever. Well, they continue to trash it for like, like prominent Buffalo media reporters were like, like Marcel Louis Jacques, who's never ever retweeted a tweet from the podcast. Uh, Twitter page was like, I'm laughing so hard, my sides are hurting. <laughs> and then Matt Perino tweeted about it. He's like, oh man, please, you got to delete this, guys. <laughs> and uh, we didn't delete it because whatever this is this is the way we run our site so for now i I will i think i'm going to take down that that shirt design soon though but for right now it's on tpublic tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod i also included uh taryn the perineum johnson for anyone that was a big fan of that nickname <laughs> i didn't advertise that one though i should have i lost uh i forgot to do it um Things got in the way. But uh, yeah, so there's tearing the Perineum Johnson and tearing the Taint Johnson. And those will probably be going away in the next week. So if you want a lot of – I was surprised at how many people actually purchased the Taint Johnson shirt. Because although most people were like, this is terrible, this is the worst thing ever, there are a lot of people who were like, this is pretty hilarious. <laughs> so those are the people that we want listening to this podcast and purchasing our T-shirts. That's what I have to say about that. So that's my story about, um, if you've ever wondered what it's like to get outed by everyone on social media and just get made fun of by, uh, your peers, your followers, and then people in the Buffalo media, uh, I went through that and that was quite interesting. I will suggest that to anyone that does go through it, just stop reading your mentions after a while. There's no point. Don't respond. It doesn't help anything. <laughs> it doesn't, it just gives them what they want. Um, and then I'm gonna, so real quick, we found last week we talked about, um, uh, this nice uh, woman uh, that went to the the primetime game last week against the Ravens was caught on uh, national television wearing one of our third and goal shirts or third and coal shirts, I should say. Uh, so she finally found us through one of the listeners on the podcast. So thank you so much for um, Haley that lives in Tennessee. Haley, she might have been the one that wrote the uh, the podcast review that said they're one of our two listeners uh, in Tennessee uh, just recently. So, uh, Haley reached out to, to KC. KC uh, liked our, our photo and li- I checked her Twitter page. I'm like, Hey, are you this, uh, the person that's, uh, she's like, yeah, that's me in the, in the photo. So really cool. Uh, we're going to get her, uh, send her over something from the, uh, T public, uh, site, anything she wants. Uh, appreciate her doing that. Um, a lot of people have asked about that design since then <laughs> to Mike and John chagrin. um, she also wanted to mention this. I asked her if she wanted to say anything to the listeners and she said I'm sure you've heard this before but with all this with all sincerity the atmosphere in the stadium that night was just different. She's talking about the the, uh, the Bills Ravens game where they allowed 6700 Bills fans into that one. She said like you could feel the palpable difference in the air. The fans and the team are so hungry for this and it just feels like it's the right time. As weird as it was with a few fans in there the exhilaration of everyone there was also tangible and i had hand and i hand painted that mask and glued every last feather on love that it flowed in the wind like beasley's hair (laughs) but you don't have to mention that oh well too late (laughs) um so thank you casey for for uh uh writing back to us and getting to us and thank you for the listeners and the followers to uh help us track down casey uh so we can thank her for that um so guys we talked about the uh the game who we want to win. Uh, Mike, what are the uh If you were to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook in Delago, what do you think the odds would be right now for the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Bucks? Actually, let me guess real quick. John, do you have a guess on what the line is going to be for the Bucks Chiefs game? Who do you think is going to be favored?
1: Ugh, I don't care. Uh, Chiefs will be favored.
3: Chiefs will be favored. I agree. I think it's going to be like two and a half points or something like that. What do you think? More or less. More.
1: More.
2: Mike. Three points, Nate. Ah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh,
3: whenever I think I should be at. To be moving higher. If you had to put money on that, Mike, what would you go? Chiefs all day?
2: Jeez. Hard to bet against Brady in the Super Bowl, but yeah, after what, witnessing the performance of the Chiefs, it just seemed. Too powerful on offense. What do you think?
3: It looked like they lost a right tackle, um, uh, Jake Fisher. Is it Fisher? Tonight? Um, to an Achilles injury. So he might be out, which I was surprised watching. Now, I don't watch a lot of Bucks games, but Jason Pierre-Paul looked like he had a pretty good game. So maybe he'd be on that side. I, the Bucks were better than I thought they were. I did not think that they were going to beat the Packers today. And uh, they, I don't know, man. I I don't know if I want to touch this game. If, if I were to put place a bet, it's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I don't feel strongly either way. John, leave this one up in the air.
1: It's tough because of the, the offensive lineman thing, but I mean, Mahomes and like but between Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I mean, like that's tough to defend. I I, I find it bad. I bet on Chiefs.
2: This will be the only, the second time Brady has been an underdog in his 10 Super Bowl appearances. You guys remember his. Other one? was it? Ask- it's probably asking a lot. It was his Super Bowl debut when the Pats played the Rams, and they were 14-point underdogs, and wow. they ended up winning the game outright.
3: Wow. 14 points? Jeez, that was a great show on turf, wasn't it? Yeah. Kurt, Kurt Warner? Torrey Holt? <laughs> Isaac Bruce? <laughs> Marshall Falk? <laughs> you got it. I think we got everyone on that. <laughs> Orlando Pace? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this portion of the podcast, real quick, is I want to talk. I want to do thank yous. Um. I want to, uh, first and foremost, thank all the listeners uh, that have supported us over the past season. Over the past uh, four seasons, I think three seasons it's been with Buffalo Rumblings. Wow. Um. We started this venture four years ago, and uh, just as like a fun a fun hobby, and uh, it turned into so much more. Um. This was the first season. I think personally that, like the 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 listeners and, and the people that follow us on social media, have been s- such a big part of making the show. I mean, you know, we throw out stupid tangents and stuff like that. We talked about the Gettysburg and you know uh, different ideas like Third and Cole. and we just like the nicknames. Like we have fun with player nicknames and stuff like that. This was the first season where I think it really became much more bigger than just mentioning a podcast and everyone forgets it. Like P- you've all been emailing me, messaging me. Um, over Twitter, uh, Instagram and stuff like that. And it's been the most fan involvement we've ever had. And, uh, we sincerely appreciate that we have a lot of listeners, obviously in Buffalo and the Western New York area, but, um, just a ton of listeners in other States within the country, uh, just places where people can't get a lot of bills content. They listen to us in the whole Buffalo rumblings podcast network, um, people in different countries, people stationed overseas in the military listening to us, uh, people that are genuine fans. We just talked about the fans from Mexico City. Um, there's a lot of you guys out there. We t- we've talked to, with listeners from Australia. I mean, there is just, uh, you know, we appreciate each and every one of you. And, and uh, thank you guys for sticking with us and listening to us. And hopefully, you know, we've never claimed ever to be experts in football or X's and O's, guys. We just tried to talk, Bill's. Um, as fans, and then we try to entertain you. And, uh, I think we've done a good job with that and appreciate, you know, you guys, uh, you guys listening and taking an hour, hour and a half out of your time each week to do this. Um, I want to thank, uh, the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Um, all of the shows on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network do a great job. Um, if you haven't listened, if you're not subscribed, please do. Um, you will be surprised. I mean, you know, you don't have to listen to all of them because you don't have to realize how much better they they might be than ours. <laughs> um, but in all sincerity, th- those guys do a great job. They're, they're as nice uh, in person and uh, as they are uh, over the podcast, and they're very informative and uh, appreciate uh, Mike, John, and I being a part of that group. I uh, want to thank you, our families for taking the time out. I know Mike, John, and I just, you know, we take time away from the families, our significant others, children, or whatever to do this and appreciate everyone making sacrifices for that and, uh, and all the time that that takes. And, uh, I want to thank, uh, Mike and John, obviously, as my co-host, as our co-host, as a major part of the podcast. Um, when we started this a few years ago, I said I didn't want to do it unless it was with, uh, these guys, just because, you know, you don't have that camaraderie that you have like you know like a mic and Mike in the morning like you know you can't normally just stick two or three people together and be like oh you know make a show together and be interesting and entertaining and funny and that doesn't happen a lot and it just comes naturally just because we've been friends for so long um so appreciate you guys doing that and uh yeah i can't think of anything else guys do you have anything you want to say at all to cap off the uh the end of the season and the postseason john
1: not, not really
3: okay good <laughs> mike I'm good too. <laughs> I appreciate all you guys leaving reviews for us. We, you guys have left a ton of reviews um, over the podcast. Um, we're going to do more giveaways as time goes on. I have a lot of different signed memorabilia. This podcast, we are going to do a uh, three jerseys giveaway, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give away four things though, or let's do five because uh, you know the good people over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, um, they. They have some swag that they've given away. We've only given away a few of those items. They have polo shirts in different colors, like Callaway, nice Callaway ones. And they have, uh, t-shirts, DraftKings sportsbook t-shirts and snapback hats, stuff like that. So, uh, we'll do five winners. So, um, again, if you want to learn out, find out how to win, uh, memorabilia for next season. Or in the off season or whatever, um, just leave us a five star review in Apple Podcast. Mention CTW or Circling the Wagons or CTW Pod somewhere in the description and do us a favor. Um, also leave a review of one of the other podcast shows that you listen to. I know you guys probably aren't listening to just us, um, because I know that because the numbers say that. So, uh, if you guys want to leave, you know, a review of one of the other, uh, podcast within the network about what a great job they do because they would love to hear that. And they need to hear that because they're doing a great job too. Um, so I'm going to list off five winners. This week we have a home jersey for Harrison Phillips. We have an away jersey for Harrison Phillips. And we have a home jersey for Andre Reed, Hall of Fame wide receiver Andre Reed. So I'm going to list five winners. The first person to get back to me gets to pick what they want to win. Uh, first winner is the Critical Chef. The Critical Chef. He has already won something. He's already won, I believe, a couple of items. And that's the thing. If you're a podcast listener and you haven't left a review, leave one because we've had multiple people that listen to this podcast win multiple items. Um, like Critical Chef has won at least two items. I think that I mentioned, and now he won a third one. He wants a third one. And all he has to do is listen and, and get back to us. So the Critical Chef wins one. Eric Nowak wins one. Eric Nowak. The next one is at Frankie V 29 at Frankie V 29. The next one is coach Graham coach Graham wins one. And the fifth one is L train 22. That's L train 22. So there's five winners right there. Get back to me. The first one to get back to me gets to choose what you want between those five items. And, uh, yeah, you can email us ctwpod at gmail.com. Um, just to give you an idea, we're, we're, we have an interview set up next week with a former Bills player, a former Bills player during the Super Bowl seasons. Really excited to talk to him about that. We've mentioned him before on the podcast. Uh, just a cool guy. We linked up on Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk next week about the Bills season and just what it's like to be, able to, to be a player in the Super Bowl and everything else that, that I'm sure you'd want to hear about that. And then also... Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, take a week off. I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going somewhere and then we'll catch up again a week after that. We'll talk, uh, Bill's season stuff. Um, and we'll go from there. So again, appreciate, um, all your support over the last season, uh, the postseason and the last few years here at Buffalo Rumblings, uh, podcast network. So signing off for the last part of the official 2020 slash 2021 postseason for John.
1: Fight on, my men," Sir Andrew said. "A little, I'm hurt, but not yet slain. I'll just lie down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again."
3: Wow, that was. We should have ended on that one, Mike. Go build. <laughs> Wait, John.
2: What happens at the end? Does he die?
3: <laughs> Did Sir Andrew die in that battle?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. That's as far as Marv Levy got with it.
2: <laughs> Marvly. <Lee. laughs> I feel like that should be vetted a little bit.
3: <laughs> well, he went on to fight and then he won that war, whatever that war was, whoever Sir Andrew is, maybe. So for, Look, was,
2: I, we're flippant with the thanks, but you did a great job. Appreciate you for all the hard work you do. Appreciate John's hot takes. And thank you everybody for listening. And yeah, um, keeping nate entertained on instagram and twitter and uh the bills the future is bright this is an awesome season and i think next
3: year can be even better yeah yeah i like it let's end on that positive note mike had it right um at the beginning you know this is just this is the beginning of something of something great and you know the the chiefs lost An AFC championship before they got to the Super Bowl and won it. So let's hope we're on that path. Enjoy for the last time this season. Rocking with the Bills by Dom Brown. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.
1: You know I'm repping for my team. I got Josh Allen on my team. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, you not catching anything. Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team. Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean. You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping? Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it. Andre yeah. Roberts running back, ain't no just backing. Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction. We got Beasley, we got Digs. Uh, Mike McKenzie, make you Dawson Knox with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his. Feliciano, Dion Dawkins, block defenders like the Hey, it's the mafia. I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division. So it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league, and yeah, we popping up. Hey, who you repping, with your team? Who you repping, with your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team selling on my team. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division, so it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league, and yeah, we popping up home game for the playoffs, but you already snow, Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playing like a pro, uh, going through a table, only time we ever fold, can you dig it, 17, about to take us to the bowl, Ay, to the bowl yeah. uh, don't you run it, no. Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it. on it, we got Corey, but we barely ever punt it, Never. cause we just running up to on our opponent, we got busy, we got Diggs, single Terry, bout the juke him out of shoes, make a mess, run it in, Zach also throw the digs it's for zig, Terry Johnson, pick sick to the house, take a flick. Hey, it's the Mafia, you know I'm rockin' with the Bills. It's the Mafia, you know I'm rockin' with the Bills. It's the Mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the Mafia, you know
0: I'm rockin' with the Bills. Who you reppin', what's your team? Who you reppin', what's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team. It's Steph Diggs on my team Super Bowl, what you mean?